What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to The Spilled Tea, your place for the latest on pop culture, entertainment news, and LGBT issues. Now, here are your hosts. Welcome to another edition of The Spilled Tea. I am one of your co-hosts today, Emmy, and I have my extremely angelic and beautiful co-host, Michael, (laughs) on today. Say hello, my dear. Well, hello there. (laughs) Kyle, as he mentioned last week, is um, not going to be here today. He's entertaining friends, which I understand totally. Um, So I hope he's having fun. And we are just waiting for another co-host to come, but we'll start the show anyway. I also wanted to make mention, if you follow me on Twitter, I made a complete ass out of myself. Um, I tweeted out something, a response that Chrissy Hine did, and I put, from the pretenders, I touched myself singer. Yeah, she's actually, that's not her. <laughs> no, no, that's the divine. So I feel like it's <laughs> <an ass. laughs> <laughs> So, hey, I am big enough to admit to my mistakes, and I own it. And I feel like such an ass right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I mean, what can you do? <laughs> you tried. We'll still, yeah, we'll still talk about her and what she said and why I even tweeted out. But um, let's just get to it. Um, how has your um, weekend been, darling? Um, well, it's been busy. It's been very busy since I last talked to you. The, the students moved in for orientation last weekend, and class started this week, and it's just been – every day has been busy, been busy. So I think this week we'll be back to, like, the regular routine, and I'm looking okay. forward to that because I need a little bit of structure. Um, but the, this past week, the good thing was that uh, my cousin, one of my favorite cousins, she moved out to Germany years ago to – uh, she met her husband in grad school in Massachusetts, and they, they moved back to Germany where he's from, and they got married out there, and they have kids out there, and, and they asked me to be godfather of their two kids a few years ago. So um, so I just love them. They're all wonderful people, but they only end up getting to come out to the States like once a summer. And last year, for whatever reason, I wasn't able to, to be in town at the same time, so um, it's been two years since I've seen them. So I got last Wednesday and we hung up for maybe like four or five hours, and these kids that were babies before, one, the oldest guy is eight and Ivy is six, and they can talk and read and all this stuff, and it was just, and you know sometimes when you're around kids you haven't seen them in a while, you got to like, because they don't remember who you are, like none of that was the case. It was just like we hadn't missed a day. So it was a really nice break in the middle of a busy week. So it was good. Wow. That's, girl, I'm tired listening to that. Holy mother of God. <laughs> Yeah. Jesus. That's me. Ooh. 
I need to kick my feet up after that, and I didn't even do half that. It's <laughs> uh, every year. It's just uh, it's seasonal. It'll pass. Oh my lanta. Um, what the hell did I do this weekend? I um. God, I don't even. Oh, Friday night I went and I hung out with my landlord. We had girls' night. We tried. Excuse me to do like girls' night every. Mm-hmm. Um, every month, and um, so we did that, and my Saturday wasn't as busy as the last, last uh, Saturday, my Saturday, this Saturday, I said, no, I'm not going to go see a movie, I'm just going to, you know, whatever, and I ended up seeing a movie, because I had a free ticket, what was I supposed to do? You you can't let money right, right. in your pocket. Exactly. So I saw Hitman 47, and it was amazing. Okay. Oh, my God, it was so good. And um, then I went to go get my nails done. And I, like I said before, I'm slow, doing my transition slowly, but I want to get right. used to certain things, like getting my yeah. nails done, like getting my yeah. eyebrows done, like putting on makeup so that when I do, you know, come out and, and look fabulous because I know I'm going to because I have people that <laughs> won't let me look anything less. Um, <laughs> it's it's routine to me. I'm okay with it. I'm not like, oh, yeah. God, I, yeah. I can't stand this, you know. So, yeah. But they're cute. Uh, I'll post them up. They're so cute. It's um, it's a different color than I'm used to, and it, it won't match anything that I wear, but I don't care. I think it's cute design. And um, today I'm doing the podcast, and um, I already told Michael I'm having a little um, uh, conversation with my upstairs neighbor, and yeah, that's it. (laughs) (laughs) So um, let's get started with a huge mistake I just made, and I told Michael about it. He completely laughed at me. So (laughs) I was... Totally, and rightly so. I mean, it, it is kind of funny what I did. I was totally mortified when I saw on the web that Chrissy Hine, who is, oh, my God. You know what's funny? I'm looking right at the, um, sorry. So I'm looking at the news story, and it says the pretenders. Of course, mm-hmm. when I tweeted out, um, I said, Chrissy Hines, my response to Chrissy Hines' parentheses, the pretenders, I touched myself when the actual song was um, I'll Stand By You that she sang. Mm. So, okay, I wasn't that far off. I wasn't that far off. Um, I just got the song wrong. Well, anyway, the whole reason why I tweeted it is because, and I don't know if you saw this, Michael. She mm-hmm. says, if you don't want to entice a rapist, don't wear high heels. Right, right. Are you kidding me? Um, so my response to her was, um, what about the Duggar sisters? Because each one, they don't wear heels, and they were raised mm-hmm. by their brother. So right. explain yourself, you know. Um, I think I thought it would be a good topic because I know Michael works at a college, and mm-hmm. At college, you see girls in Uggs, you see girls in high heels, you see girls whatever. And I think rape is huge on college campuses, so I guess I just wanted to know your take on the subject. 
Yeah. Well, so I'm not even sure where where to begin. I I feel like you know mm-hmm. sometimes when people are of a certain age, of a certain background, sometimes you you, you, you can. It, what they say makes a little sense, and I'm not saying I'm not necessarily agreeing with her or forgiving her or anything like that. But um, but she is an older woman, and I think she's 63. Um, and so kind of see from her point like why she might say that. What I feel is that, and I think what you see in a lot of colleges and a lot of young people feel is that, you know, rape is wrong. People shouldn't rape, you know, and so far up till, up till now really our education um, or our prevention method has been girls don't get raped. We've not been a culture that says, hey, boys, don't rape, you know, and I think that needs to change. And so I think what we're seeing is that anyone who would, you know, sexually assault someone, like, that is their fault. They they have a choice to make, and that's what they choose to do. So they are wrong, and they are to be blamed. So we don't really – I don't really believe in victim blaming or anything like that because just because someone wants to wear a certain outfit, that you know, they shouldn't have to think, oh, if I go outside, this could happen. Right. You know, so mm-hmm. I so I totally put all the responsibility on the, on the perpetrator. Um, I think Chrissy being, you know, in, in her 60s uh, maybe quite feels that – there's something we can all do to kind of lessen it, or we all have a part to play to kind of end it, you know? And to that extent, I can kind of see like where she's coming from. Um, but where I come from, if, if you are the one doing the crime, you are the one who was to be blamed. So it shouldn't matter whether someone mm-hmm. is wearing heels or not, or a short skirt or not, you know, it, that, that's almost, that, I mean, that's insulting to men as well, saying that, uh, oh, the, the only reason you are not a sexual assaulter is because this person had a long dress. I mean, everyone mm-hmm. is responsible for their choices, you know. So. Right, right. And you make a valid point because, well, number one, you're going to tell me that throughout her whole career she's looked like a schlep because she's been scared? Absolutely mm-hmm. not. She's been sexy. Yeah. She's yeah. worn high yeah, heels. Definitely. Don't tell me she hasn't. And number two, not every woman who wears high heels has been raped. So what mm-hmm. are you talking about? Give me some statistics, and then I will kind of not validate your claim, but I'll, I'll entertain it if you give me some statistics. But you are a woman saying something like this in today's society. If she had said, if you sexualize yourself too much, you will be enticing a rapist. I guess I mm-hmm. can kind of get that because... You know, there are girls, um, I went to my co-worker's house yesterday, and she has triplet 14-year-olds, and they are pretty conservative. I mean, yeah, they're wearing high heel boots and stuff, but their clothing isn't very um, suggestive or anything like that. Right. But they were telling us stories of other people in their grade that are what they're doing, and, and I'm like, oh, my God, it's so young to be doing that. I was playing with Barbies mm-hmm. at 13. Like, are you yeah. kidding me? Yeah. But my point is, just like you said, women should not have to worry, oh, if I wear a short skirt to show off my legs, which I am very proud of, um, I will be attacked. Because guess what's going to happen? If she wears a long skirt all the time, people are going to be like, you have these long legs, why don't you show them off? So it's like... Mm-hmm. You can't win either way. I, yes, you can't. You know, oh, you know, I'm I'm wearing a shirt up to my neck. Why do you wear turtlenecks? You have such a good neck. You have beautiful cleavage. Show it off. She does, and she gets raped. You know, mm-hmm. um, your legs 
your calves look wonderful in high heels. Why don't you wear them more often? She does and she gets raped. Like, she doesn't make any logical sense, and that's my point. And she has two daughters, which is scary to me. I can only imagine what she's instilled in them. Um, but, yeah, that's that Chrissy Hines from The Pretenders, not The Divinals. And they right. sang another song. <laughs> Whoopsies. Um, speaking of women, uh, I came across a story that was kind of... Um, it wasn't that it was disturbing or anything like that. I just, I guess I, I have a new understanding. So, Caitlyn Jenner has, has said in her new show tonight, um, a new episode tonight, she said that she hopes that a man will treat her like a normal woman. Okay. And... Um, it's disturbing to me because I think at first when I started my own transition, I was like, oh, I can't wait to be a woman. And mm-hmm. throughout this whole transition and throughout the time that I'm taking, I have a new stance on this whole thing. Mm-hmm. I will never, ever, ever be a woman. I am a trans woman. There's a huge mm-hmm. difference. And if if somebody doesn't treat me with respect, that has nothing to do with me being treated as a normal woman. I want to mm-hmm. be treated respectfully. Do you see what I mean? So yeah. I guess, I don't know, maybe you can help me understand what she means because I don't, I don't understand what she means. Yeah. I, I really think what I, would, what I would take from it is kind of um, – you know, we use we use men as the rubric for a lot of things, you know, and what they say or what they feel or what they mean, you know, kind of dictates society does. And so I think what I took from, from that statement was that, um, you know, when we can get to the stage in in, in society when, when, when a, a cis man will, you know, date a trans woman and not even give, a, give it a second thought, you know, I think that's mm-hmm. what Caitlin was trying to say, you know, like, don't okay. look at me as, as as this, just, you know, and then and then when you find that out about me, like, oh, well, that's just something extra you didn't know before. That's kind of where I took it. I kind of took it to being a little more like the idealist, um, but I'm not, but I'm not sure. You know, I think everyone kind of battles with their own identity about who they are, what they want to say, or what their words are going to be, and um, and I think, at least from this statement, Caitlin kind of took it to mean like if, if, if it's just a, a, a typical old, you know, a straight guy, you know, treated her as if, uh, you know, she had been born biologically female, then, then that's what would make her feel female, I guess. I'm not sure. So I guess that I is a great of, point. You know, yeah. No, that's a great point. But you know what? Um, and I'm going to get totally, like, um, mama bear on this. Okay. I feel the way that you treat yourself is how others will treat you. Mm-hmm. So if you feel like you are just like another woman walking down the street, other people are going to treat you that way. Maybe yeah. not immediately, but eventually. And especially for me in my work, I have people that have never come across a trans woman ever. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure they are resistant to this fact. But because they have to be 
confined in a work area with me and have to deal with me and can't express their feelings, suddenly they have to accept me. So my rationale is when they see somebody, and, and I'm obviously I try to be a good person, obviously. Yeah. And and people still say hi to me like they did before. People Actually, people talk to me more now than before. Mm, okay. And I think it's because before being gay, they, they were kind of like, well, yeah, gay is accepting, whatever, but what's going on there? Like, mm-hmm. he, I, I'm not sure, you know. I, I don't know how to approach. And now that they got the go-ahead that, you know, I'm transitioning, you have to be nice to me. Now they got the go-ahead to kind of, like, let down all those awkward walls they had before and just, like, treat me like they would any other coworker. And so, um, I don't know, maybe I'm hoping that they take the experience with me outside and they see, you know, someone else who's obviously trans and they don't laugh at right. them. They just kind of, oh, whatever. You know, that's a trans woman or a trans man or whatever. They just kind of, like, let it go. That's yeah. what I'm hoping. So, um, yeah. I did want to make. Go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say I I can't remember the, the this woman's name, but there was there was this documentary that I saw like years ago on. It may have even been on TV, like on TLC or Bravo or something like that. But it was about this this little town in I think Colorado where they performed all these sexual reassignment surgeries, and the doctor was retiring, and this new doctor was kind of coming in, and she was taking over his practice. And so you're watching this and this was at a time where I didn't know anything about trans people. And it wasn't mm-hmm. until like three quarters through the documentary where you find out that the, the, the doctor that took over the practice was a trans woman herself. And I mean, oh. I hate to sound like one of those people who's uneducated, but like you could have never told and you were surprised. And I feel like mm-hmm. the point of the documentary was to kind of show, you know, um, so society that you know who like didn't understand it or never seen it, you know, like, wow, look at this. You couldn't even tell. Could you, you didn't know. So just that, that, so just accept right. it, you know. And now, and I can't remember that doctor's name, but I've seen her in a few different, you know, scenarios or, or things on TV since then. And it's, you know, it's right I from know the beginning, you know, who about. she is and everything. I can't remember, but it was, but I just loved how they did that because, you know, here's, here, you know, mm-hmm. there's straight society or there's, you know, whatever society watching it thinking like, oh, I could tell or, oh, that's not real, you know, and then, you know, kind of makes you step back and look at it for a minute and kind of be like, huh, well, there it is. Just let everyone live their life and that's that. So, right. I don't know. Yeah. I I've seen her before and I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah. Um I think her name is Marcy Bauer. Yes. 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 That's okay. It. Okay. And and in the in um, the first documentary I saw she was with a man who uh had who identifies as it had always been with, you know, cis and and but there they were in a relationship and it was fine. So I thought that was cool. Okay. Yeah. I knew exactly who you were talking about. I just didn't know her name. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that's cool. I um, I like that when that, that happens too. Like you see somebody like Candace Kane. When I first saw mm-hmm. her, I was like, "Oh my god, she is gorgeous." Who is mm-hmm. that? Yes. <laughs> I had no idea it was a trans woman. I, I I had no idea she was a trans woman. I had no yeah. idea, and um, I was shocked. I was pleasantly shocked because when you see with trans women like that, for for me, being, you know, thinking about it all these years and starting out, I say to myself, that could happen to me. I could look that good, you know, mm-hmm. and 
I'm not going to lie to you. At first, I, I thought to myself, I could look that passable. But today, I say to myself, I could look that good. Whether whether I'm passable or not, I really don't care. I just uh-huh. care that I look and feel good about myself. That's what I care about. So Yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah. that's, um, wow, I, I didn't know about that documentary. You don't know, happen to know the, the name of it, huh? I don't, I don't, but I'm sure I could find out. It's okay. Okay. If you do, just tweet it out. Yeah. So, um, speaking of surgeries, I feel so bad about this. So, um, <clears throat> his name is Tobias Strubble. He is, um, the Justin Bieber lookalike. Oh yeah, he's gotten he's gotten all these surgeries to look just like Justin Bieber. He he spent a hundred thousand dollars to look like Justin Bieber. Yeah. I will be one hundred percent honest and say I made fun of this guy. I was like, mm-hmm. you spent a hundred thousand to look like Justin Bieber, honey. You need your money back. He doesn't mm-hmm. look anything like Justin Bieber. He doesn't resemble him. And I, you know, made fun of him. And I guess I don't feel bad about that because, I mean, I should feel bad because I shouldn't make fun of anybody. But um, the scary part about this is he went missing um, August 18th. Mm -hmm. And he went missing for a couple of days and, He's openly gay, and he had bro- broken up with his boyfriend, and, you know, the um, police were like, you know, where is he? The L.A. police were looking for him. They just wanted to make sure he was okay and stuff like that. Well, his body actually was found. Yeah. And um, 35 years old, and I just, I feel bad because, and here's why I feel bad and why I don't. Um, I feel bad because whenever somebody kills themselves over a breakup, it it gets at my heart because when I was in high school, there was this kid, um, I forget his name. I want to say it was like um, Theo, but that's probably not it. He was this really good-looking Greek guy. He was a couple years older than me. He was in, I think, ninth grade when I was in eighth grade. He was the nicest guy. He never said anything bad to anybody, but he was dating this girl, and they broke up, and he shot himself on her front door. Hmm. And I just, that stayed with me forever, you know? So when I hear about suicide and stuff, I I don't think, oh, my God, that person's so selfish. I think, oh, my God, they were so broken that this is the Mm -hmm. only option that they had. You know, and that that hurts. It hurts to hear stuff like this. So when I heard about Tobias, it just really, it hurt me because it reminded me of that childhood experience. But at the same time, this is the part where I don't feel bad. He's gotten all of these surgeries. For me to become a trans woman and get the surgery that I, that I want ultimately, mm-hmm. I have to go through a year of therapy. Are there any parameters for going through therapy when you have some of the the things like he had um, facial reconstruction, he had his eyes opened, he had cheek implants, he had his temple lifted? Like, 
why wasn't he given some sort of counseling before he did all of this? You know, that's, I don't know. That, that's, my, that's my question. But what are your thoughts on this one? So I, when I saw, I saw it in the news, and I didn't recognize the name at first, but when they put, you know, Justin mm-hmm. Bieber lookalike, or I was like, oh, I know exactly what we're talking about. Then you click on it, and mm-hmm. I remember seeing him on TV. And like you said, it's on those shows or on E! or on, on you know, whatever mm-hmm. platform where they, you know, made fun of him. And it kind of reminded me of, like, and they did the same thing to that woman, you know, a decade before who, who you know, looked like a cat. You know, all the surgery that looked like mm-hmm. a cat scene, that woman or whatever. Yeah. Um, and so... It's, it's you know as society you know you, you you don't understand what's different and you laugh at what's different and so I, I I fully admit too that I was like oh my goodness what are you doing you don't even look like him you know and mm-hmm. when, like you said you know when someone goes to that it's because they are broken or they feel that they need to fix something this is what they can fix you know and kind of when you can fix something physically it 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 doesn't always mean you're you're fixing mm-hmm. it emotionally or it's you know, right and. So and yeah, that's a good question you have because I don't know I don't know how plastic surgery works. I mean, the, what I know about it is from Nick Tuck, and that show I don't think is is true one hundred percent. So I don't know <laughs> if there is counseling beforehand, or maybe the more serious of the surgery, maybe is there more counseling then, or is it just like the doctors going over? You know, this is what could happen, or are you ready or prepared to take consequences? Like I'm not really sure what the how that works. And then sometimes I think you know just this age we live in, like with you know. Housewives of this, and you know, and, and all these TV shows. Like, if you have money, you can have anything. So uh, that's the other right. thing I wanted too. Like, you know, maybe he should have had counseling. Maybe he was offered, but if you know, if his dollar, you know, at the end of the day, like, I don't really know how that process works. You know. Yeah, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, like, <laughs> and you're probably going to be like, oh, I didn't think of this. I'm sitting here like, oh my god, I have to spend 150 dollars on wigs. Mm-hmm. He spent a hundred thousand on plastic surgery. Where did he get yeah. his money from? That's the other like, thing too. All like these do you, people. Yeah. Go ahead, hon. Hello. Yeah. Oh, I'm here. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Oh no, I wasn't saying anything. I was just like, I don't know. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. I just don't understand because. Like, you see, like, I watch botch here and there. Sometimes I can't stomach mm-hmm. it because of the um, actual surgeries. But I'm just like, where are these people getting this money from? This guy in London who wants to look like Kim Kardashian? It freaks me out because if you want to look like Kim Kardashian, you get butt implants. You get uh, boob implants. You get your hair weaved. Mm-hmm. He just got lips injected. He looks nothing like Kim Kardashian. But he mm-hmm. spent over, you know, $200,000 on, on filler. And it's like, where huh. is he getting this money? And he, he rolled up in the, um, at the botch set in a fur coat, like a fur okay. trim coat with a Louis Vuitton bag. And I'm like, where, mm-hmm. where are these people getting their Where's money, the money from? Yeah. But, like, where? Because I want to tap into that. I got shit mm. I want to do, clothing-wise, not surgery-wise, but... yeah. Just strange. Um, yeah, so I thought that that was a little strange, but I personally think that we should start doing psych evaluations for plastic surgery patients, especially mm-hmm. if you get more than one procedure. Sorry, I just yeah. Yeah. If you're no, getting your nose corrected from being broken, fine. Right. If you're getting, um, I don't know, um, I even think people like Julie Chen. 
Julie Chen got her eyes widened because right. she right. wanted to appear less Asian. Get some counseling before you do that because that's a yeah. major thing. And her family was pissed at her for a long time because they felt she lost her Asianness, and they were pissed at her mm-hmm. for a very long time. Yeah. So, um, yeah. What were you going to say, hon? Sorry. I was just going to say, and what, and, and, and what can it hurt? You know, like if you go through the counseling, you still want the surgery, or you know, that, then there you are. You know, mm-hmm. but if anything changes, you know, what, mm-hmm. what is what is bad about having an outside objective opinion, someone to talk to, and just kind of like, you know, tell your stuff to? You know, I think most people would welcome that opportunity, you know, in regular life. So it makes sense that it could be part of a, a medical procedure, too. Yeah, because this is, I mean, I think people don't realize, but this is a form of body dysphoria. Like, mm-hmm. you're, you're mm-hmm. morphing your body because you're so obsessed with it. Like, the human Barbie. Like, what? I don't know. I don't know. Um, I'm not a doctor, so whatever. Um, yeah. On a rather somber note, I just wanted to, because I saw this before I um, start, um, tweeted out the show. Do you remember the movie Awakening? About I the remember the movie, but I didn't see it. I, I know it was Penny Marshall, okay. one of her first films she directed, mm-hmm. but that's really it. So it was based off a book by a doctor named um, Oliver Sacks. And it was a really good movie. It was like an Oscar-nominated film. Robert, mm-hmm. Robert um, De Niro was in it. Um, Robin Williams. If I'm remembering it correctly, there were these patients that were... Um, and it's a true story, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, Robert Sachs is a neurologist. And what he did was he gave catatonic patients this experimental drug and then he would like do things like play music and stuff like that to kind of awaken them and it worked Hmm. so um, it was a revolutionary experience experiment I guess and um, some people did end up using it and whatnot but anyway he actually passed away recently Hmm. and um, I just wanted to say that because he was pretty important to our history so just wanted to make mention of that. Um, now, on to something a little bit lighter. I feel bad before we get to another heavy topic. Um, how do you feel about this? So, Nick Jonas is obviously pro-gay. He's not yes. homophobic whatsoever. Right. He might be in some um, sexually ambiguous scenes um, in his new show, Kingdom. Uh-huh. Um, how do you feel about straight guys who are completely 100% straight yeah. kind of teasing the gay the gay world? What is, What are your thoughts yeah. on that? You know, I, I, it depends on the day. Half the time, <laughs> I think, half the time when there are roles, you know, for, for, for gay characters or trans characters, I feel that people who are genuinely gay or trans should portray those characters because there are actors out there who identify as such, and it's hard to get work, and, and there is an immense talent pool out there, so let's use that, you know, and kind of see actual representation. But then there's that other part of me that, you know, for some reason we seem to be conditioned to, you know, hold, 
straight men as like the the be all end all and so like if a straight man is going to play gay like i want to see that you know if a straight man is going to be in a mm-hmm. you know in a gay love scene even better because it makes it even hotter because they're not gay in real life you know what i mean it kind of goes back and forth so i had my intellectual answer which was the first part you know that's what i want you know and the second part is give it give me more i want more um i think sometimes i don't know i feel that there's a difference though between um you know being a straight actor and playing a gay part and, you know, just being part of your craft, you know, and your, you know, here's your repertoire of movies and films that you've made. Um, like Jake Gyllenhaal and Heath Ledger when they did Brokeback Mountain, you know, all those years ago. That's one thing, mm-hmm. you know, and then where like Nick Jonas, you know, he, he's, he's definitely capitalized on or tapped into the, his gay fan base by going to different gay bars and going to pride festivals and singing and performing. Um, so you can definitely tell like sometimes there's a little more effort put in like specifically for the gays, you know, rather than just, oh, this is this film I'm going to do or this music or the song I'm going to sing. Um, mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, you know, as long as they are, as they're, you know, fans of, of of us so to speak just like we're fans of them you know mm-hmm. and as long as as they are you know pro-gay and pro-trans and you know and, and and fight for causes and things like that you know like you know i'll take it you know i don't necessarily mind it i think that if if, if that other part isn't there like if it's only solely to get sales or to get views or things like that uh then it can seem a little bit more like um objectifying a community um so I think mm-hmm. you know, if you're going to kind of, it's a fine line. So you kind of have to back it up with, you know, are you really truly a supporter and an advocate, and do you do the work for that as well? I feel that then it's a little bit okay. Does that make sense? Yes. Um, I tend to agree with you, but I also tend to disagree. Okay. So I agree. I think it's awesome that, well, especially actors in today's society are comfortable enough to say, you know what, I'm comfortable in my sexuality. I know in my personal life I am straight. Professionally, I'm playing pretend. I can pretend to be gay. Women do it all the time in movies. Mm -hmm. I can do this. I can do this. What pisses me off and when I, I guess I, okay, so I'll get to what I disagree. I disagree that only trans or LGBT people can play trans and LGBT people. And I disagree okay. that because you have somebody like Miles Gaston. Mm-hmm. Now, if you remember him, um, I've talked about him before. He's an actor yeah. that was on um, Young and the Restless. He played a priest. Yes, yes. If you look at him, you will not be able to tell what nationality he is. You would not mm-hmm. be able to tell if he's Spanish, Italian, Portuguese, whatever. So if there comes a role where it calls for a Spanish, Portuguese, Italian person, he could easily play those roles. So do you want us to only pass Portuguese, Italian, or Spanish people? Do you see what I mean? Do, do you yeah. understand what I'm trying to say? So oh, yeah, I feel yeah. like it's okay for for these people that are straight, that are whatever, to play whatever role, because it's just pretend. Another point I want to make, though, and you're going to you're going to agree with this one. Okay, I'm ready. I hate the test and loathe when celebrities who are either starting out or their career is stalling when they go for roles that are gay because they know it's going to get them more media attention, more awards, mm. and broaden their fan base. I hate mm-hmm. that more than anything. Yeah, I hate it. It drives me bonkers, and 
there are a couple of celebrities that do that. Um, and my thing about Nick Jonas is, is he one of them? Like, it's just a okay. very quick scene, you know, his character is like, at the end of his character, at the end of the scene, his um, character gets turned away from a gay club, so somebody invites him down a dark alley, he bends down in front of him and, you know, simulates a blowjob. Like, okay, very quick scene, but is he chasing some sort of something, you know? Yeah. I mean, you look at somebody like James Franco, he is a completely 100% heterosexual male. He says, right. no matter what, if a role comes up gay or straight, I'm going to play it. And he, yeah. he's not limited to, okay, I can only play one gay character in my um, career. I, he, he's played multiple gay characters. He doesn't Oh, care. yeah. Yeah. He, I respect. I respect right. him. So, right. So that, that was my main question. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, and I think, and I'm, I'm, um, I, I do agree with you, and I do feel like you know you don't have to be this to play this role. I just wish that there was more representation of gay and trans actors that were getting sure. work, you know, because sure. um, because mm-hmm. sure. you know some visibility visibility could be good. The other thing I just want to add to Nick Jonas is, and you know, I don't know him. We're not friends. I've never met him, but there's this. You wonder sometimes though, like all these things, you know, like the gay presence, the you know this and that. Sometimes I just wonder, like, I wonder if, if, if this is someone who is struggling with his own sexuality and, and if he's in a place or in a place yeah. or whatever where it's not acceptable, like, well, these are the ways he's going to get released somehow. You know, not necessarily mm-hmm. starting rumors, but, you know, you wonder sometimes. It's kind of like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised. You know, they, they grew up wearing purity rings. You know, like, I hardly think that it would be fine to just, you know, take that ring off and be like, Mom, I love men, you know, so... I don't know. Sometimes I wonder too about sometimes the choices actors or celebrities make because sometimes they are just actions for whatever reason, and sometimes maybe there's something deeper. So I wouldn't be surprised, but I'm not saying that that's what this is either. But that is sometimes why some of these straight actors won't play gay characters because they're scared right. people are doing that. Oh, definitely. You know, definitely. so it's like a double-edged yeah. sword. We're wondering that as 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 people in the LGBT community and the straight community is like, hmm, brother man has been married to his wife for 20 years. Why is he playing a gay character all of a sudden? Right. You know? Right. So right. It's like, Definitely. What do you do? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, something fun I wanted to talk about, which, again, it stems back from my experience yesterday. So my okay. friend Liz, she sits right diagonal from me at work. She... Um, had triplets 14 years ago, triplet girls. Oh, wow. And, yeah, they're all great girls. I mean, one of them, their names are Valerie, who looks like Kristen Stewart. Okay. But, like, a pretty version of Kristen Stewart. And oh, so that's sad. Awesome. She doesn't know how to smile? No. <laughs> Valerie smiles a lot, though. That's the weird well, part. Well, good. So that's why it's good. a pretty version. Um, <laughs> and Valerie's sort of girly. Like, she, she loves wearing high heel boots. She um, she doesn't like wearing high heel shoes, but high heel boots she likes. She likes um, kind of in between girly and uh, tomboyish. That's her style. Mm-hmm. Like she'll wear like a a shirt that had sparkles on it, but she won't wear like a frilly dress. And yeah. she likes okay. jeans over skirt. Like she has no skirts whatsoever. She'll wear like colored jeans and stuff. So I'm like looking at her style. I'm like Jesus. I wish I could dress like that. 
Uh-huh. And, um, <laughs> and then she she has um she's the oldest, and then there's um Victoria, who's the middle one, who's this bubbly, energetic, like whimsical girl with extreme like if you looked at Victoria's hair, you would think that she had a purr. Her hair is so curly, and okay. whenever she talks, she puts her hands down. Don't you know, like when you go, like when someone's gay, you go, you do that, like back in the eighties, uh-huh. like, oh, you're so gay, and you put yes, your fist yes. down. Well, she does that yes. when she talks. And when I okay. first met her, she did that. She's like, oh hi, and I'm like, is this bitch making fun of me? But that's just how she talks. No, seriously, that's just how she talks. I, I don't know. That's the best. I don't know where she I got it from. I was so mad at first. And then her dad showed up because it was at a, a company picnic, and it was her mom, her sisters, and then her um, her aunt. So she's like, oh, hi. And I'm like, this little bitch, making fun of me. And then her dad showed up, and she's like, oh, hi, dad. And she did the same thing. I'm like, oh, that's just how she talks. And um, mm-hmm. her style is very, like... Um, like, she'll wear shorts, she'll wear um, flowy, not flowy stuff. What is she, what is her style? Like, she would wear overalls. That's the type of girl she is. She's just so wonderful. Okay. And then the third okay. one is um, Vanessa, who is extremely girly. Like, flowy dress, long maxi dress, high okay. heels. Vanessa is the girly one out of all of them. So... My point is, Vanessa and um, Victoria, I I didn't see them for like a a minute. And I'm like, where are they? Apparently, they were taking a shower together because they're very close. They told Uh me that they're going to go to college together. They're going to get an apartment together. Like, they're super close. So I thought, oh, my God, that's a little close. The reason why I bring it up is because there are pictures floating on the internet of Pippa Middleton and James Middleton, and I wanted your opinion on this. Is there such a thing as siblings being too close? If you look at it, the way that James is, like, wrapping his arms around Pippa and playfully playing with her, you'd think they were dating. If you didn't know they were brother and sister. So, like I had mentioned, is, is there such thing as too close? Um... I think that, I mean, that depends. We all remember uh, that, that, that was a red carpet when Angelina Jolie, like, kissed her brother flat mm-hmm. on the mouth or, like, you know, face on. Um, yeah. And we were yeah. like, hmm, that's interesting. You know, but then you could be, mm-hmm. you could have a, a sibling that you're best friends and your roommates in college together. And, you know, that's fine. So, I mean, I don't know. I feel that there, 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 is, is, there could be a line, I guess, but I feel like that's a line with anybody. Um, the school I used to work for a few years ago, we had a set of triplets that came in their freshman year, two boys and a girl. The boys were roommates uh, all through college. The girl, uh, she was always with them, even when she wasn't, like, living in their room. They had the same friend circle. They had some things that were specifically, you know, them, you know, that was theirs. But for the most part, they had grown up in this such an odd scenario, you know, like how often are you born into, like, twins? How often are you born into triplets, you know, even, you know, less mm-hmm. than one would think. So, I mean, so they had this whole life experience that no one else even knew or could understand, and it was kind of their cool things, kind of what kind of made them a little bit different, too. So, I don't know. I, I, I certainly see, like, as the older I get, it seems like the friends that I have had through college and high school and grade school even, the older people get, like, you tend to, I don't know, I don't want to say lose touch with the friends you made, but it seems like the older you get, you kind of become closer to your siblings or your cousins or the people you kind of grew up with. So um, 
I don't know. I so I see a lot of the best friend sets I see out there are siblings or cousins. Um, so I don't know. I think it just I don't know. I don't want to be dirty, but I feel like if you bring incest into it, maybe that's the line you crossed. But I don't know. Right. You know. I just yeah. I I just maybe it's because I don't have that close a relationship with my sibling. I okay. don't get it. Yeah. Um, but I I am very close to Jamie and Mandy. But you know, yeah. um, it's funny. They said, you know, I mean, I've seen Jamie's boobs because mm-hmm. I don't care, you know. And uh-huh. um, growing up, when she would change in front of me, and I'm like, you know, I didn't care. I didn't even bat an eye. I saw her boobs or whatever. Right. But um, you know, and I bathed Mandy when I used to babysit her, so I didn't care. But you know, they said, oh, well, once you have the surgery, we want to see what, what it looks like. And I'm like, are you disgusting? You're disgusting. You're not. It's called private for a reason. No. <laughs> so I, yeah. I think I have great one-liners. Um, yeah, I love that. So I'm just, I'm just like, maybe I understand where they're coming from, how they can be that close and not even care. Uh-huh. But at the same time, it's like, I don't know. I don't know. They're yeah. not fourteen-year-old girls. They're, they're right. in their twenties. Like, I, right. I guess I'm, I just never understand it because I I haven't lived it. So. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I did want to talk about this whole Ashley Madison scandal. Oh um, yeah. So, <laughs> how do I put this? Um. I don't even know where to start. So the the CEO of Ashley Madison is um, has stepped down. So he he's trying to I guess distance himself because of the fact that he's like an ashamed um, CEO, and he, okay. the security breach was on his end. The interesting thing is you got people like um, Snooki's husband is mm-hmm. now involved because they're saying that he. He was involved with it. Um, he had an account. And, of course, Josh Duggar. In the uh-huh. middle of all this Josh Duggar business, every Duggar has been supportive of him. Every single Duggar has been like, you know, oh, he's my brother. So stuff, stuff. All of a sudden, well, they were that, that way with the molestation of his sister. Right. Since the Ashley Madison, there's suddenly a divided family. It makes me angry that molesting each other, their sisters, doesn't divide them. But him cheating on his wife, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. That's like, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. That's disturbing. But, um, yeah. yeah, now the family's divided. What are your thoughts on that? Because that, that was my initial thought was, this is dividing you, but before you weren't? Yeah. I have, I've got two thoughts. I think okay. one thought is that... Um, I feel that there could be the school of thought out there that it, when he was 12 and he did these things, that there was something, you know, wrong with him that he couldn't fight or there was something mentally wrong with him or whatever, and so it was out of his control. I'm not saying that's the case, but I'm saying I feel that some people probably think that. And I think that by the time you get to be an adult and you are grown and you are married, you have control over your choices. So I think that's one reason why they could be, you know, this is what offends them, you know, versus the other. I don't agree with that, but I think that I could see some people saying that. The other thing, I think, is that you know how, like, when people in your family do stuff and privately you are like, come on, make a better choice, you know, but publicly you have to be like, oh, that's my brother, I love him, all that. 
And so I feel maybe that was they they had to do that, you know, with the molestation mm-hmm. scandal because oh come on, you know, behind closed doors, what were you doing? Why would you do that? But absolutely mm-hmm. for a family. Mm-hmm. And then this came out of nowhere, and they're like, whoa, you got to stop acting up because we can't defend you anymore. So we're going to be real. Uh, and so it's not even so much that it's a worse thing, but it's come on, we gave you one free pass, you know, <laughs> we let you pass go, yeah. so we gave you your two hundred dollars, but now the deal is off. Like I almost feel like maybe uh, that's part of it too, you know, like enough is enough at some point. So it's more about the and number guess, of things versus what they are. And I guess now that I'm thinking about it, now that you said that, maybe it's because, um, again, now that you said that, the molestation case was a family issue. Mm-hmm. The Ashley Madison thing, that's not a family issue. That that's was not your issue. Exactly. You brought this on all of us. Maybe that's it. Okay, so I'm less angry now. Got it. But, yeah, his whole family is divided. Brothers are pissed at him. His brother-in-law wants him to call him a pig. Yes. (laughs) Do you have that quote? I don't don't have the quote. I I don't have it pulled up, but I remember remember reading it. Because I kind of thought, like, oh, are they... Are they going to be supportive just because Anna is supportive? Mm-hmm. And he, he, he wasn't. I mean, he had a lot of typos in his tweets. You know, I can't tell if those were mm-hmm. artfully chosen because you have 140 characters if you just don't know how to spell words. But the passion was there, <laughs> and I appreciated that. <laughs> it was awesome. I loved it because he went after him. He went yes. after him the way that we would go after him. He wasn't exactly. like a towing and I think it was that that moment like you, that you said he was like all right I'm gonna shut my mouth he molested somebody else let me shut my mouth you hurt my sister I'm coming after you exactly you know I mean? exactly oh I loved it um yeah but yeah he's basically destroyed his family they have like nothing left which I this sounds awful I find it funny because they are the, were the first people to say well we don't need this show. We're so much mm-hmm. shit. We don't need this. Sh- we make so much money without the show. And now that right. the show has ended, oh, my God, we're so poor. We need the show. Like, you can't have a book yeah. face yeah. Um and, and also, I was thinking about this. At the same time that I'm laughing, I will be completely honest, I'm a little bit nervous as well. Um, okay. He did what he did to his sisters. He cheated on his wife. I'm a little nervous he might try to harm himself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because people in China, they fail on a test and they, they jump in front of a train. So, exactly. And exactly. We, we all know how the Duggars raise their kids. So I'm just, I'm just a little worried. Like, I don't want the man to die. I think that no, he should no. be in therapy, intense therapy. Um, right. But I don't think that he should harm himself or anything, and I'm worried that he will. I really am. Right. So right. Um, hopefully he gets all the help that he needs, and he comes back. And, you know, his apology was spot on. He he himself said that he's a hypocrite. I appreciate mm-hmm. that. Yeah. I don't respect him anymore, but I appreciate right. that he said that. So, um, right. So I... I for me, I was like, okay, he gets it. He's stepping into the right direction. Got it. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish that came sooner, but whatever. Like, um, yeah. Somebody else who, and I want to know your opinion on this one. Well, I want to know your opinion on everything, but <laughs> this one I, is, is hitting close to home for you. 
Okay. Uh-oh. I don't know if you know, but your friend Brian Craig, who played Morgan yeah, yeah. on General Hospital, I love mm-hmm. him to death. I think he is a great person. He's very yes. witty on social media. Yes. However, having said that, his parents uh-huh. are very vocal whenever something happens. His mother will go after a fan and whatnot. So finally, a fan got really upset because they they said something like, you know, um, they said something to the effect of, like, tell your mother to shut up or whatever. And mm-hmm. he went ham. Brian yeah. said, hey, brother, you keep posting shit like that about my family. I'll do my best to find you and break every fucking finger you have. Yeah. Then he deleted the tweet, mm-hmm. and he said, I apologize. I deleted that tweet and blocked that guy. I lose my temper when my family is talked about. Sorry, I have mm-hmm. love for my family. Yeah. Then he said, because of all the negativity, I'm going to be taking a break from social media. Right. My take on this is that, and I actually tweeted him, and uh, I'm not tweeted him, I um direct messaged him. Um, yeah. You know me. I don't know if he's going to read it or not. I don't care. But I was, I was just throwing it. that out there that he happens to follow you, too. <laughs> I see what you did there. I see how you put that out there. Uh-huh. Go ahead. Okay. 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 He follows me. Well, he follows me because No, I would have done the same thing. <laughs> no, I had mentioned something about, because he said something about some business opportunity. I asked him what he was talking about. So he followed me, and I followed him. And then he showed me this video of this, like, cream. So he actually wanted to, like, recruit me for a pyramid scheme or whatever. Oh, you um, said, yes, you could be rich. No, come on. I know you (laughs) But this is what I said to him. I don't think it's fair that you let assholes get under your skin. Then you take a break from Twitter, leaving fans that actually like you. So not fair. Mm -hmm. And you really do need to talk to your folks. Obviously, they love you. But maybe... Let them know when it comes to your fans to let you handle them. This is your yeah. career and rep on the line. They gotta appreciate that. Yeah. My point was, his mom should not be going after his fans. Right. Because these are the same fans that when there's a soap event, he's gonna meet them and he's gonna mm-hmm. have to sign their autograph. Or what's he gonna do? Say no, you talk shit about my mom. Like right. Yeah. So, so what are your thoughts, my dear? You know, it's just like, it's just, it's hard. You know, like back in the day, uh, you know, there was this separation between people on TV and movies and, you know, us common people, you know, and you, and you didn't have all this direct access. And one of my favorite things about Twitter, you know, even above all the other social media platforms is that, you know, you can connect like this and you can talk back and forth. And it's almost like you're texting a celebrity, except the whole world can watch our conversation, mm-hmm. you know, and that that's weird in a way too. But I love that mm-hmm. it, it can be instant and, you know, and, and you know, and, you know, I love Julia Roberts, but she's not saying hey to me on Twitter, you know, but Jen Lilly from Days of Our Lives is. So, like, Jen, I'm loving you forever, you know, so it kind of makes you close and, and <laughs> makes you want to become a bigger fan, you know, and watch their other projects that they've done in the past. And all mm-hmm. this can come from it. However, that said, we're not all normal. I mean, you and I are, but there's some people out there <laughs> that don't know how to act, and they will do things because they're behind the computer screen or behind the phone, or they'll say things that they mm-hmm. wouldn't say in person. Just like any other, mm-hmm. you know, form of online bullying. And I think in those cases, 
it's probably best just not to reply. It's probably best to report them or block mm-hmm. them or, you know, and, you know, kind of, I don't want to say take the high road because I get you've been the one that's been hurt, you know, through these comments. But at a certain point, like I think in the old days, there were like PR people, you know, to kind of like get in between or, or fix things. And when it's so direct, it's so at your fingertips, when you have your own phone in your pocket and you can just, you know, mm-hmm. reply to these people, I think it kind of makes it a little more harder, you know, and it makes it easier to, if, if it was so easy for this fan or so-called fan to say something mean, you know, it's probably hard not to be able to say something back. So I think that, you know, in cases like that, it's better just to report them and kind of step away from that or kind of not give it any, and you know, don't give it any attention. Um, because, mm-hmm. I, you know, when you, when you react passionately or from your heart, sometimes you say the wrong things as well, you know, and then it becomes a whole mm-hmm. other thing. So I, I feel it's unfortunate that he had to take a Twitter break. I, I understand why he, he did, you know, for, even if it's, even if it's not even about this one person, even if it's just about, whoa, maybe we have to have a family meeting. But you got these, you know, everyone wants to be famous. And, you know, my dream isn't even to be famous. I want to be what I call famous adjacent. I want to be, I want to be a famous person's cool. best friend or their neighbor. I, you know, I still want to have my anonymity and go to the grocery store without being recognized. But I want the perks as well. Mm-hmm. So I feel a lot of parents of celebrities are kind of like that too. Lindsay Lohan's mom, I think, is the best example. So, you know, I, I, it makes sense mm-hmm. when I see parents kind of butting in. But at the same time, this is not your job. This is your son's job. This mm-hmm. is your daughter's job. You know, kind of let them and their people handle it, you know, and I right. kind of leave it at that, you know, like, cause otherwise you're just stirring stuff up. And I mean, I don't know. That's, I guess that's, I guess that's all I have to say, but. I agree with that? you 1000 <laughs> because like I said, this is their career on the line and they have to meet mm-hmm. these fans. Their parents don't. Yeah. And when yeah. I, you know, the minute Roland Emmerich retweeted my review of White House Down and said thank yeah. you. He became my favorite director of all time. Yeah, like, oh yeah. Every Roland Emmerich movie, you mm-hmm. know, and it's that connection that you have, and and it works the opposite way, you know. Um, oh yeah, definitely. Logan Paul, who is a, a Vine person, was on. Oh yeah, I know who he is. Monitor SVU. And I tweeted about it, and um, I went to go do something. I forgot what it was. I saw that he blocked me, and I'm like, what? Why would he block me? I don't understand. He blocked me. I will show you. He's completely blocked me. So I will not support anything that he does. This other guy, Landon Ashworth, he was, um, I think it was last year or the year before. Maybe it was last year. I was Do you remember that show um, by Rebel Wilson? It was like... um, Fun, oh, fun oh. Night. yes, yes, I do. So he was on there, and you know me, I notice everybody, whether they're the star or whether they're, you know, in the background, and he uh-huh. had a scene, and I absolutely loved him, and I said, if only Landon Ashworth would ask me to marry him, and then he uh-huh. did, he said, you know, will you marry me, and I thought that was so uh-huh. cute. Oh, stop I, it, I love it. I supported him, and, you know, uh-huh. all of a sudden, I tweeted him, and I want to get to this, um... I um, tweeted him about my book and, you know, check out my book. It's a trans, it's an LGBT book. And he tweeted back, um, no, unequivocally, no. And I'm like, what? What are you talking about? And so I thought about it for a minute and I said, you know, I've supported you and I don't Mm -hmm. understand why you're being nasty, but I'm going to take the high road and wish you good luck. And I blocked him on everything. 
I don't want a response from him. I'm never going to follow him again. And like I right. said, when you have that good experience, it bonds you to them. When you have that bad experience, you completely mm-hmm. cut yourself off from them. So yeah. um, I just hope that Brian doesn't do the wrong thing, you know. Um, and, and personally, if I got into a fight with somebody on Twitter, first of all, I wouldn't, but if I did, I'm not going to take a break from anything. I don't care who comes at me. This is social media. you got to deal mm-hmm. with it. In life, when you yeah. walk out, when I went to school and people were, you know, saying stuff about me at school, did I say, oh, my God, I'm never going to school again? Sure, I thought about that, yeah. but I wanted my education. Yeah. There were people yeah. there that I was friends with. So mm-hmm. I just think you just got to take the good with the bad. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I did want to make mention really super quickly that, um, as everybody knows, my book is out. Um, it is, you know, on iPhone, um, iTunes. It's on Amazon. I don't feel it's a perfect book. I always felt that way. And maybe it's me being a perfectionist, whatnot. So I do mm-hmm. have a GoFundMe campaign because I want to work with um, iUniverse to kind of perfect it they would do a copy edit of it. They would um, put it in Barnes & Noble, actually, because mm. they are, um, iUniverse is partnered with Barnes & Noble. So I have a GoFundMe out there. If you want to contribute, it's gofundme.com slash who I am, what I want. I would love any donation um, that you can get. That would be awesome. So I just wanted to mention that because yeah, <laughs> actually cool. Dallas told me to mention it because I always forget to mention it. So. Mm-hmm. Um, Thank you, Dallas. Love you. Glad you're listening. Can't wait to talk to you. And Michael misses you as well, damn it. Um, so there was another topic that kind of, well, I just wanted to make mention that the um, very first African-American man to ever play. Yes. Now, you might know Les Miserables better than me. Who I've is never the seen character? it. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I guess not. I want to. Um, I hear it's good, but... So, I saw it. The first time I saw it, I was like, this is so stupid. This, I, maybe I was in a mood, because the second time I saw it, I absolutely loved it. And I'm talking about mm-hmm. Lin-Manuel Rob the movie. Right, with right. Ian Scathaway. Um, right. Hugh Jackman's role is a, a big lead role. He plays... Um, and Scathaway's, like, um, I don't know how to explain it. Sort of like a protector, almost. I don't know. Well, anyway, the first African-American male to ever play that role, his name is Kyle Jean Batiste. He mm-hmm. was playing it on Broadway in New York. And 21 years old, uh, over the weekend, he fell from his mother's fire escape and passed away. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, it just breaks my heart. Here he has this, like, amazing, groundbreaking opportunity, and now what's going to happen, you know? So I yeah. just wanted to give a shout-out to that. Um, I yeah, wanna and he's actually – go ahead. He actually went – he and I actually went to the same college, um, <laughs> clearly different Stop times because we're 15 years apart. Yeah, and because I, I first heard about this – well, I first heard his name because – you know, in my alumni magazine, it's like, oh, pay attention to this guy. He's the first, you know, all this good stuff. And I'm like, I love this, you know. And then I saw yesterday people starting to put on Facebook, you know, from, from college, you know, posting, you know, sad day. And I'm like, well, what happened? And I'm I'm reading more. And so I don't know this person. I've never met this person, you know. But 
we went to the same place, even if years apart, you know, and then I saw people that we had a couple mutual friends and things like that. And I know the, the theater community at, at Baldwin Wallace was just so, so good. And I lived in the, the as a freshman, the, I you know, we didn't know how to go to college. I was the first one in my family, you know, of my brothers and sisters to go to college. So, like, we didn't know what we were doing. So I was late for everything. So I ended up living in what was, I guess you could call the music dorm. You know, all musical theater majors or music majors or music performance majors. And then there's Michael, the business major, and, like, this other person, the English major. So uh, just from the beginning, I felt like kind of part of this world, and I would go to, you know, their shows mm-hmm. and, and see them play and perform and sing. And then they had this thing every <clears throat> spring where all the, the music theater majors would have, um, uh, uh, what's it called, a, a recital, and they would have, uh, so they would do their, their songs and everything, but then there was one where they would each get to do like one or two, and they would have talent scouts from New York kind of come uh, to kind of get a feel about like the new up graduating talent. And so since then, I would, I've, I've seen like some people that lived on my floor, I've seen on TV, I've seen like, you know, I've gone to see like a show at the Cleveland Playhouse, wow. whatever, and I'm the cast list, I'm like, oh my goodness, that was my neighbor, you know, it's just cool to be even though I have no talent whatsoever in that realm it was cool to be kind of part of that so even though I don't know him I feel that I do in that sense and so that was just really sad to see and especially the age 21 you know and, and mm-hmm. at least seemingly how it happened it's, it's one thing you know if you had been sick for a while but I mean like you know when you see something that oh what could have been different or how could that have been avoided it just it hurts more so um so I agree with you prayers and thoughts to their, his family and everybody and you know keeping them in our hearts um, just sat, well, first of all, congratulations on being celebrity adjacent. Hello, you achieved your goal. I guess so. Um, I guess so. <laughs> I just want to know how it happened. And I know it has nothing, it it won't make me feel better or anything like that. Exactly. But I just want to know how, like, he's on a fire escape. What's he doing on the fire escape? Is he partying with his friends? How did he, mm-hmm. like, how did he fall? Like, did, was he trying yeah. to take a picture and, like, the whole time, bride, right. bridegroom thing. Right. Like I, I just don't right. know what what happened. No, so, I don't know. I'm with you. Huh, interesting. What college did you go to? I'm sorry. Um, well, when I went there, it was called Baldwin Wallace College, and now it is Baldwin Wallace University in uh, Berea, Ohio, which is what, t- ten minutes south of Cleveland. Yeah, when uh, college, because my college, I went to Western New England College. Oh, they actually went to. I applied for a job there. Shut up. Oh, my God. Yeah. I had a phone Stop interview, and, that, and that's, all, that's as far as it went, like 10 years ago. Crazy. Wow. Yeah, I graduated in 98. And, um, okay. They're now university because they get more funding at the university. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that's why your your school went from college to university as well. Oh, my God. Yeah. so weird. Crazy. I love it. Small oh world. <laughs> So weird. Um, the the last like serious major topic I wanted to talk about um, was Rosie O'Donnell's daughter. Yeah. Uh, Chelsea. So Rosie O'Donnell adopted four kids. One of them obviously is Chelsea, and Chelsea um, she had a couple of I guess she had some mental issues mm-hmm. last week. Was it? Um, she. Yeah disappeared, and they found her in New York City, which Rosie lives in California, found her in New York mm-hmm. City in the home of a known heroin dealer, and mm-hmm. so the police got her. And, um, she's 18, right? and I guess she's been in contact with her birth mother, 
So yeah. now, and she's 18. I mention it because now she's decided to move in with her birth mother. Mm-hmm. As an adoptive parent, I have two questions. One, how does Rosie feel about this? You know, or how would yeah. you feel? And number two, how, I, I guess it's my whole, like, and you're going to have to help me with this. I almost sure. feel like you have to be such a bad parent, an adoptive parent, that they want to get mm-hmm. with their bi- biological parent who gave them up for adoption. Yeah. And then a little A, parentheses, is the birth mother being manipulative? So mm-hmm. go for it. I, I want to hear your Okay. Okay. Um, okay. So I think even in, like, I, like, I was not adopted. I was, you know, born to my parents. That's who raised me, you know. Mm-hmm. And I feel anyone in, in that in that situation, you know, like there are always times when you hate your parents or you think that your parent is the worst or mm-hmm. that, oh, my goodness, if my mom could do this or, Dad, why are you this way? We're never happy. It's most of the teenage years, I feel. But even there are times today where I'm like, how am I from your DNA? I don't understand. But there's moments where you, yeah. know, you hate that and you wonder, like, what would it be like with other parents? I can only imagine, I'm speculating, but I would think that, you know, if, if for people that are adopted, who know they are adopted, like any time they have those same feelings, like they do have that possibility, like, well, I do have a birth mother or a birth father. I wonder what they're like. You know, I, maybe it could be better. A lot of times I would think it's probably going to be worse. I mean, I feel that there's kind of a reason people mm-hmm. put their children up for adoption, but that also talks about where they are at that point in their life first now, too. Um so I think because there's always that possibility that it could be better or it is out there, and, and there's this, that part of you that just wants to know where you're from, too. And so I don't necessarily think that it's, it's, it's bad to kind of want to know that. You know, you see that a lot more now with open adoptions where there is some level of contact, you know, between the child and the birth parent, even if it's just a letter once a year or even if it's just pictures here and there, you know, because they, that way they know medical history and background and, you know, there's no – feeling like the, the adoptive parents are hiding something from them. So, But with that comes a whole other can of worms, you know. And so I don't know. I, I feel that when this incident with Chelsea happened, when she went missing, she was 17. And then she just recently turned 18, I think, like within the past few days. It was very, very quick. And it's not as if mm-hmm. you turn 18 and you're like, oh, I'm going to find my birth mom. Like like you said, they had clearly been in contact. They, had been, they must have been in touch, obviously, because she's been 18 for like three days. And, and here she is already out there. So... I think on the one hand, when Chelsea's birth mom gave her up, I don't know for, 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 for sure what, what the scenario was, but I know that she was young. Uh, I had heard rumors that maybe she was, you know, with drugs. I don't know if that's for, for, for sure or not, so I don't want to necessarily say that. Um, but there were mm-hmm. things that, you know, at that point made sense for her to give up. And I'm sure that in these 18 years since then, maybe she has changed, maybe she has grown, maybe she has got herself together you know, and kind of would like to have a relationship. So I think there's that part from the birth mom who, oh, my goodness, I did what I had to do, but I've always loved my daughter. Maybe one day we can reunite. This could be my choice, you know. And then there's Chelsea who's like, oh, my goodness, mom, you don't understand, you know, to Rosie, and I don't have mental illness and and all this, and I'm going to go live with her. So I don't know. I think there's a little bit of a need on both ends, um, and this is just how it worked out. But I do feel it's a little unfortunate in a sense because the birth mom is saying things like, um, there's no mental illness, there, you know, she, that is not true. Well, how would you know? You haven't been around, and you're, you're not her doctor, you know. Right. You know like, I, I feel like some of these things might be, might be said to, you know, build that bond or make it better or just kind of, you know, show her that I'm on your side for, for whatever. So right. I don't know. I don't, I don't think we're at the end of this. You know, at some point they're going to all have to 
get along. And even if that just means they be they're, or they're one big family, like birth mom and, you know, adoptive mom are both in her life, you know, that can happen. That happens to a lot of people. Um, but it just mm-hmm. seems so unfortunate that right after this, you know, and I don't think Rosie O'Donnell went to, I don't think she meant to blab Chelsea's business. Like, oh, I'm going to tell the world that you're mentally unstable because you ran away. I think she was genuinely concerned, wanting people to know, like, hey, my daughter's missing. Um, she might not act the way she normally would because of this. I just want everybody to know so we can get her fast and get her home. So I feel that's where that came from. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I said a lot of things. I don't know if it all comes together. But what about what about you? Where are you kind of at? I put myself in Rosie's shoes. Um, if I had, like, I'm thinking in the future that I want to adopt kids and I want to be a closed adoption. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. I do not want the birth family anywhere near my adopted kids. Not because yeah. I'm jealous, but because I want my kids to know I'm the parent. Mm-hmm. I'm your parent. If you want to, at 18, find your birth parent, I will help you do that. But right now, I'm yeah. your parent. Right. And I spend right. a lot of, lot of my emotional time getting you here. So I mm-hmm. want you to know that I'm your parent. Yeah. Having said that, some of Rosie's tweets concerned me because it was like, oh, you do the best you can as a mom. I'm not perfect. So now I'm like, was she mistreating Chelsea in some way? Was it like you said, you know, just a kid, just like, oh, I hate my mom today. Even, you know, Rosie, my adopted mom, I hate her today. And Mm -hmm. I just Mm want to go live with my, my birth family. And then another question is, how long has she, Chelsea been in touch with this birth mother? Has right, it been just right. recently or has it been years? Yeah. So, um, so, yeah, I just, I don't know. I don't know. I just feel for everybody involved. And just like yeah. you said, I don't think the birth mother should have said one word about Chelsea in the day. She shouldn't have said anything. Because mm-hmm. what she says now makes it look like Rosie is the bad person, you know, and you don't want to pit, you don't want to put her in the middle. You made the choice to give up your daughter. Rosie made the choice to adopt her. Mm -hmm. Don't ruin those two things, you know. You can, it's almost like what Kim Kardashian said, you can bring yourself up, but don't bring me down with you. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I don't know. Um. So we didn't talk about it last week, but really quickly, um, before we wrap things up for the um, for the day, what's been going on with your GH? Anything oh, new? I wish exciting? I, I wish I knew. I, 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 oh, but like I said, when I get to this, when I get to my routine this week and the crazy dies down, I need to start catching up and watching because really, the last episode I've seen is that was Luke Spencer's last episode. So that's going back to like July 29th, oh. or July 30th. So I'm 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 basically a month behind. Um, now, I will say that at this point last year, um, I had skipped all summer, you know, and it was right when I was about to start to do talk soap, and I had to kind of, like, watch the show, and I and I didn't want to just start watching because I'm like, well, soap operas are made daily, so they can be watched daily. If I didn't watch it daily, then I'm not a real fan. So I caught up right. on the three months I had missed, and it took forever, but I got it done. So I have <laughs> one month behind, 
Easy. I could do that in a weekend, you know. So we'll see. I'll be catching up. <laughs> I have been buying. I've been buying, you know, soap opera digest or soaps in that ABC. So I know a little bit about kind of what's out there. Um, so we'll see. You know, there's some things that I just can't wait to get back to. I'm like, I want to know what's going on with this, and then other things that I hear about. Oh, that's what's going on. You know, but that's any soap opera any day. You know, you don't please everybody, but there's some things that I can't wait to get back to. So we shall see. So I'll keep you posted, okay. but I, I, I'm still behind. Um, well, yeah, um, and, over at um, Young and the Restless, it's mm-hmm. business as usual. I mean, okay. when you when you think that a character is going back to being awesome and the character that you love, the writer oh. do something and make them like stupid again. So yeah, it just sucks. So oh. um, I will say they did a smart thing. Um, I don't. I'm not sure how well you know the characters, but um, Adam Newman, who's pretending to be Gabe, he mm-hmm. moved to Paris with his wife Chelsea. Okay. Chelsea and just a couple of other people know he's actually not Gabe. He's Adam. Okay. When Adam was Adam, Chelsea broke up with him because she wanted to move to Paris, and he didn't. He wanted to okay. get revenge on Victor and stuff like that. So he's okay. in Paris. He finds out that Victor has control over Chelsea's company. So he says to her, we're going to go back to Genoa City, get your company back from Victor in Newman Enterprises, we'll go back to Jabot and come back to Paris. So Victor says, okay, you guys can do that, but we're giving you two envelopes. One envelope is a bid from Jabot. One envelope is a bid from Newman Enterprises. I'm not going to tell you which envelope is which. You got to look at the proposals and figure it out. So Adam okay. says to Chelsea, I'm going to help you because I know my father better than anybody on earth. And we're okay. going to get you back at your bow and blah, blah, blah. So Chelsea picks the envelope that he tells her to. Cut to the scene where she's like, this is the envelope I choose. Victoria Newman opens it up, has a big-ass smile. Guess what? It's Newman Enterprises. I actually gave Wynar a kudos. Here's why. Adam is being manipulative all over again because Chelsea, her company is now with Newman Enterprises for good. That means they have to move back to Genoa City permanently. So Adam does not have to move back to Paris. I have to say Hmm. that was an awesome moment. The fans were like, oh, my God, how could Adam not realize that? I go, "Uh, guys, he did realize it. That's why he did what he did. So. So, so does he know who he who is? Knows like, is it, a, is it a secret to him, or does no. he know who he is, and he's just waiting to tell everybody? Um, Chelsea knows, Jack Abbott knows, and um, this girl, um, what's her name? What's her name? Mar- Marissa? Marissa knows, okay. and Sage knows. Sage, okay. who is Kelly Sullivan, which I have yes. to say really quickly. Sullivan looks like an older version of Jen Lilly. I have always said that. Oh, yeah. When they had blonde hair, I always confused Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, I see that. (laughs) Every time she's on screen, I'm like, this is Kelly Sullivan, right? Yes. (laughs) But I just wanted to say that. But, yeah, I was really impressed by that scene, and it was so subtle, and nobody's understanding how, how important it is. And I want more of that because that is what yeah. we're about. So, yeah. There's little oh, that makes me happy. With, 
with Younger Than Restless. Little glimpses. Yeah. But. yeah. See, I found something positive to say. You're rubbing off on me. No, I, I appreciate it. Yeah, because, I mean, <laughs> it, 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 it hurts your heart when you watch a show just to simply hate watch. You know, know. like, that was, that was I how I got with Glee, and I had to give up because it hurts. Um, so even when our show's not making our day or, like, being the best it can be, like, there's reasons we've watched for decades. And so you mm-hmm. have to look for the good. You know, you just hope that there's going to be a lot more of us. But what I find interesting, Lee, too, is that... But, oh, yeah. Go ahead. That with, with GH and YNR, like, they both have this, you know, the character that, you know, is gone and now is back and no one knows who it is. And I'm surprised that they both taken such a long time to get to the big reveal, you know, but as you know, mm-hmm. or you might remember, like I love the, the way the Jake story was going on GH. I would it'd make my day if he was Jake for like 10 years. And then like a decade later, they found out that it was Jason. Like, I love that. Um, I know a lot of other yeah. fans don't feel that and disagree with me and that's fine. Um, but I wasn't aware that, that your, that your story was still going on. I kind of figured like, Oh, well, mm-hmm. It, it, maybe it's been revealed, but it hasn't. So I kind of think that that's cool, that they're kind of both a little parallel. And I want to say this. To the writer's credit, Yeah. I haven't heard one fan say, I hope that he's revealed to be Adam soon. I don't Ooh. even think that. It's so okay. weird. Despite all of the, the mess that the show has, mm-hmm. I don't mind that he's gay and nobody... If nobody knew whatsoever, I would mind. But there are people that yeah. know. But it makes sense right, to right. keep him who he is. So right. I, I don't, I don't mind that he's not yeah. Adam publicly. So, I don't. They're doing something good then. Yeah, I get. That's two things. You're yeah, starting see? to affect me. I don't know how I feel about this. <laughs> I don't really know uh, how I feel about this. Being positive about a show that feels like a routine. Um, or maybe little or glimpses I'll bring like it back. that. Maybe maybe you just maybe you maybe there's just so much for you to be mad at you just ran out of energy so you stopped and and so maybe uh, you don't really like it maybe you just don't have time to hate maybe I don't know you're one of those aren't you um, <laughs> finding positive in everything damn you yes um, yes <laughs> nah I don't know I don't know. maybe that's it I don't know maybe it is getting better maybe Chuck Pratt is hearing our pleas of please write this show in a positive way. Who knows why? Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah. yeah, that's that's what it is. So, oh. um, Yeah, before we go, any final top? What are you, well, what are you doing this coming week? Anything going on? Well, my, my birthday is Thursday. I'm going to be 36. So that's a little <laughs> depressing. Yeah, I know. But, I mean, but I do love my Happy birthday. Happy early birthday. It's a good day. Thank you. Um, and then on Friday, uh, a friend of mine, the friend Katrina that I went to Vegas with in June, we are going to, I can't remember if we're going over crossing the border into New York or crossing the border into Ohio, but we're going to one of the states next to us uh, and doing a little tour of a few different breweries. So I'm looking forward to that this oh. weekend. Um, so it'll just be nice. fun to, because in my line of work, we're just, August just really doesn't exist, and you're so busy, you don't even get to see your family and, and their friends. So, mm-hmm. and her and I have been friends for about a year, so she's new to this whole world. And so she just thinks I'm mm-hmm. ignoring her. I'm like, nope, it's not you, it's everybody. So I haven't seen her in weeks, so I'm just looking forward to being able to relax with a good friend and have some drinks. So that's really the highlight nice. of the upcoming week to me. Yeah. Nice. Sounds fun, man. Yeah. What about yourself? Um. I always say this. It's going to be boring. I'm just working. 
I actually might skip Taco Tuesdays because I just paid rent and a, and a bitch is broke. But oh, um, yeah. <laughs> might have to skip <laughs> it. Um, I don't think anything else. I, 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 hmm, I'm trying to think. I know this weekend I'm going to try to see my straight boyfriend because he moves from California here. And okay. um, I, I don't know if I mentioned before, I've been friends with him for five years. He's mm-hmm. just amazing and awesome. If I could marry him, I totally would. He's just an amazing guy. He kind of yeah. looks like Mike Phelps. I'll show you a picture Michael? of him. He literally looks like a, a waspy version of Mike, Michael Phelps, the um, oh, okay. Olympian. Okay. He sort of looks yeah. like him, not going to lie to you. Um, huh. Six foot four, extremely gorgeous. Like, I love him to death. So he moved back to Boston the 15th of August. No. Or maybe, I don't remember. Within the, within the past few weeks, he moved back to Boston, but he's been busy visiting family and friends. So mm-hmm. um, even though I am his, you know, significant other, uh-huh. I, um, his sickness, I um, <laughs> did warrant time, and he said he was going to make time for me. So okay. hopefully I get to see him this week or the next week, whatever. Oh, Labor Day's yeah. coming up. Oh, my gosh. So that's right. Oh, that's true. Um, is that this, this is that this coming weekend? Yes, I think so, right? Because oh, this weekend yeah, I think first. you're right. Yes, it is. Yeah. Oh, my God. Wow. It's already September. <laughs> well, you know what that means, then? The, the day after Labor Day is when the pumpkin spice latte comes back to Starbucks, September 8th. Mark oh, that down. I can't, my I can't wait. God. <laughs> I cannot yeah. even deal with you right now. <laughs> I've been waiting all you summer. You are so much, <laughs> you're so much like Kyle, it's not even funny. <laughs> It's, oh, it's, I'll take that as a compliment. <laughs> oh yes, you should. I just, I, I, mm-hmm. I just the things that are important to you. I just can't mm-hmm. deal with you. Um, I do it's the little things. I do want to. I do want to say that I am kind of happy though. I don't have any shows to watch on TV. Devious Maze ended. Um, and this my that was my summer show, and I feel so okay. like relief. Like none of the rest is yeah. the only show I have to watch. So. Uh, are you going to yeah. watch the VMAs tonight? You know, I honestly forgot, didn't even realize they were on. Uh, I saw something yesterday. Yeah. I was like, oh, is it that time of year? And then if you wouldn't have reminded me just now, I probably would have forgot. So I'm definitely going to have it on um, and tune in and see what's going on. So I don't I know. I probably I go back will not because I don't like I don't like Kylie. Uh, Miley, sorry. No. Miley, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna it seems it. like it's a whole different thing, though, now since, since you know, MTV doesn't really, you know, have videos and, and artists don't mm-hmm. necessarily even make videos for every single. Like, it's, right. it's changed. Like, it's, it's cool in a sense to see, oh, who's going to be there. But at, at the same time, the VMA, that's not an award you're putting on your resume, really. You know, it's, it's not like an Oscar or a Grammy. So, I mean, the, what was cool about it was that it was this little network with their own community and their own arts. And if you want to watch, come on over. And so that part has been lost. So I'm I'm curious to see what it would be like. But, I mean, if I miss it or if I have to turn it off or, like, I tune in late, I'm not going to care. You know, I'll be okay. So And that's a little sad because I used to look, like, in college and high school, like, we looked forward to it. It was just fun. You didn't know who was going to push mm-hmm. the envelope, who was going to be there. Oh, did you see that performance? Like, it was it was a big deal for real. So um, it's, right. it's changed. And not for nothing, you don't have to watch it live. They're going to replay no. a billion trillion times. Over so. and over. Exactly. Yeah. So, oh, I am going to be, my my summer, oh, my summer shows aren't done. I forgot. 
I do watch I Am Kate, and then I watch The Stewarts and The Hamiltons. I'm sorry, I forgot. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm going to skip that because I don't, I have no interest. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just going to skip it. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I just, <laughs> I can't with Miley. She she pushes the the envelope just to push the envelope, just to mm-hmm. say she pushed the envelope. There's no yeah. real artistry behind her. I, at least that's how I feel. Yeah. Anyways. Um <laughs> all right. Well, thanks again for joining me, hun. It was obviously yeah. awesome talking. It's always and, great um, to wake up have... to you on Sunday. <laughs> Aww, Shmoopy. Mm. Um, let's I'm definitely gonna I'm not gonna forget to tweet you on your birthday, so just just okay. one fair warning. I know you don't Thanks like you public displays of affection, but... No, I back. love it. I love it. I just don't like being 36. <laughs> I wish I was 26. But I know, bring it. Oh, stop <laughs> it. Stop it. All right, well, you have a good week, and I will talk to you next week. Sounds good. You too. All right. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. Have a good weekend. Still thirsty for more tea? Then check out our upcoming and archived shows right here on our Blog Talk Radio page. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at The Spilled Tea and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash The Spilled Tea. Thanks for listening to tonight's episode of The Spilled Tea. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.